Hello, Storyside family, online friends. Thank you so much for being with us today. I love that word, everything. Can we say that word together? Everything. I was reminded, even as I watched that with you, uh, of the song that we used to sing when I was growing up. Through it all, through it all, I've learned to trust in Jesus, and I've learned to trust in God through it all, even the highs and lows and craziness of this year, reminded of the lyrics of that song, through it all, I've learned to depend upon His Word. I hope you have had a great Thanksgiving. You had lots of time to celebrate the blessings of God, count your blessings. Maybe for some of you, you love the family side of Thanksgiving or, or being around friends. If you're like me, you love the food that comes with Thanksgiving. I had someone tell me just the other day that we need to gobble till we wobble. And uh, maybe for some of you, that's the kind of week that you've had, just trying and tasting all kinds of different food. One of my favorite things about Thanksgiving for our family is we have always taken time every Thanksgiving to go around the table and we have our Thanksgiving list. So whether it's my wife Angel, my three girls, my little boy, uh, myself, we will take time with our Thanksgiving list to go over all the things that we are grateful for, all the things that we are thankful for. Reminded me of the joke that I heard about the family that was doing something similar. They were going around the table and they were sharing the things they were thankful for and they came to little Johnny, and little Johnny, when it was his turn, they said, you know, Johnny, what are you thankful for? Little Johnny thought for a moment, and he said, you know, I, I can't think of anything, but if you want, I'll tell you what I don't like. And I think sometimes, I think sometimes if we're not careful, we are like little Johnny. We get so caught up in all of the things that we don't like about life, and if we're not careful we lose our thankfulness or our appreciation or our gratitude to God. And so I want to remind you even today, be thankful. Be thankful. Give God your best uh, and be grateful. Have a grateful heart. I read just recently the story. They say it's a true story uh, that Paul Harvey reported years ago that during a particular Thanksgiving season, there was a woman that reportedly called up the Butterball Turkey Company's hotline and asked whether it was advisable to cook a turkey that had been in her freezer for 23 years. The customer service rep advised her that as long as the freezer had maintained a below zero temperature, it would probably be okay but the rep went on to warn the lady that the turkey would definitely be less than tasty. The woman responded on the other end of the phone, Oh, that's what we thought too. Uh, we will just donate it to our church. Uh, that's not funny, but they say it's a true story. 23 years in the freezer, and this woman said, I know it's not good enough for our family we'll donate it to the church. As much as we could smile at a story like that, how often uh, in our lives we give God 
what's left. Or we give God the remains. Or sometimes we'll even give him what we don't want. But the Bible tells us to seek first the kingdom of God. To place God at the top of the list. And so whether it's your priorities, whether it's your giving, whether or not it's even in a week like this and being reminded of all of our blessings, I hope that you and I will continue not to give God what's last or what's left, but we will continue to make him the Lord, the ruler, the leader of our lives, that he would be number one. As we continue our There Is More series today, I want to talk to you on this subject, more thankful. Can we say those two words together? More thankful. Can we say it again? More thankful. The Bible tells us in Psalm 34, 3, oh, magnify. I have a magnifying glass here today. Oh, magnify. Think about that word. Oh, magnify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together. How, how often we can begin to magnify everything else in life. Maybe it's the news. Maybe it's politics. Maybe it's what's going on in society or culture. But we can magnify that. We could use social media or other avenues or areas of our life, our discussion time, our dialogue. And we can begin to magnify those things. But today as we read that verse of Scripture, I hope that we shift our spirit towards God's Word, the things of God, and we take time to remind ourselves, even over this Thanksgiving season, how important it is to magnify the Lord. Let's magnify His Word. Let's magnify His presence. Let's magnify prayer. Let's magnify what a great God He is. Oh, magnify the Lord with me. One translation tells us, the New Living Translation, same verse, come, let us tell... Let us tell of all the Lord's greatness and let us exalt his name together. Then the, the word magnify, by definition, means to enlarge, to increase in significance. As we talk today about more thankful, I hope that we can begin to magnify God, that we can begin to magnify our gratitude, that you and I, will truly count our blessings. I want to read to you today and extract some points from a passage in Luke 17. I would like to read from verse 11 down through and including verse 19. Luke 17, verse 11. As Jesus continued on toward Jerusalem, he reached the border between Galilee and Samaria. He entered a village there. Notice this, 10 men with leprosy. Here's what I would like you to notice. They stood at a distance. They stood at a distance. They cry out, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. He looked at them and said, go show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were cleansed of their leprosy. One of them, when he saw this is such an important part of the passage. When he saw, when he noticed, when he realized, when he saw that he was healed, 
he came back to Jesus, not really whispering, not on the down low, not quiet, not hush. The Bible says when he came back, he's shouting. He's shouting, praise God. Verse 16, he fell to the ground at Jesus' feet, thanking him for what he had done. This man was a Samaritan. Jesus asked, didn't I heal ten men? Where are the other nine? No one returned to give uh, glory to God except this foreigner. Jesus said to the man, stand up and go. Your faith has healed you. As we lean into this moment, as you are on your phone, your tablet, your computer, your TV, as we lean into this moment today and we say, God, speak to us. Let your word become alive. Let scripture and spirit, let it go to the very core of who I am. We take this story, we take this passage, we're going to take principles and apply them to our lives. There are several different angles that I would like us to assess and look at today. And the first is, just from the start of the story, the Bible says that Jesus came and as he entered. Jesus came and as he entered. The great news, not only of this story, but of your life and of my life, is that everything can change when Jesus enters the equation. That it doesn't matter what's going on right now. Doesn't matter the dilemma, the details that you find yourself in. That when Jesus enters the equation, everything can change. When the Bible tells us that Jesus shows up on the scene, verse 12 tells us that these ten men, these ten lepers, they are standing at a distance. Notice that word, distance. They are standing at a distance. We hear that word a lot nowadays. We will hear the word through the lens of social distancing. Social distancing. For these ten men, their leprosy, their skin disease, is keeping them at a distance. When you look at the word distance, it means space or separation. Distance can come in a variety and with a variety of intentions. Distance can mean a lot of things. Distance can send a message. Distance can develop a range of emotions. Distance can impact individuals. Let me ask you today, have you ever dealt with distance? Come on, I want God's Word to help you today. Think about your life. Think about your journey. Have you ever dealt with distance? When you deal with distance, maybe when you walk in the room or you have a strained relationship 
or there is family dysfunction. You, you, you could have the emotions and the feelings that come with dealing with distance. Some people could say, Pastor Micah, you know, the distance has created loneliness. Maybe for someone else today that you, you would tell me that this aloneness, this, this being apart, that you know a person or persons that have pulled back. Maybe you had a friendship that you never dreamed would fall apart. Maybe, maybe you have that family right now that someone's not talking or someone's not getting along and, and you know you could tell me the name right now of, of the person that has pulled back. Maybe today you're the person. You're the one that's pulled back. That you decided, you determined. I, I, need, I need my distance. Maybe others, you have actually been warned about someone. Someone on your job, someone in your school. Someone that you came into relationship with and you have had people that have told you. They, they, they have warned you. You should keep your distance. In other words, they, they are very concerned about you getting too close to that person. Not only do we deal with distance, but, but I would ask you the question today, have you ever felt? Not just dealt with distance, have you ever felt distance? Over my years of pastoring, it's amazing how many couples that I could talk to, you could live in the same house, but feel miles apart. You could be related, but feel so separated. You, you could have this distance that becomes part of your life. Have you ever felt that kind of distance? Distance doesn't always give the details. Maybe today someone would say, Pastor Micah, I, I sense the separation and I don't even know why. I don't even know why they pulled back. I don't know why we're not as close as what we once were. Sometimes with the distance, there, there is the known. Here we know they're lepers. But there's also times in dealing with distance that it's unknown. And we're not sure why that it's happening. I think the greatest distance that you and I will ever face in our lives is the distance that we feel with deity. God. Let me ask you today, have you ever felt far from God? Job and others in Scripture would tell us, I, I look to the right, I look to the left, and front and behind, I, I, I don't even know where he's at. Have you ever had a moment where you have questioned, where is he? Or maybe you've turned it inward and you would say, I, I've asked myself the question, where am I in life? I never thought at this age and in, in this season, and what I'm going through right now, Pastor Micah, I never thought this would be taking place. I, I've asked myself the question, where am I? 
Maybe you've asked the question, why? Why, why is this distance happening? Now I know, I know that we would read the scriptures of God that would say, He'll never leave us or forsake us. He's with us to the end of the age. We would read those scriptures and I believe them wholeheartedly. But there are times that in spite of scripture, people have shared with me, Pastor Micah, I just don't feel like I'm close to God. I've wandered. I've got away. I I don't have that passion I once had. The Bible would talk in Revelation about leaving our first love and Galatians, it would talk about starting well, but but getting sidetracked. Sometimes there is a distance that is created. When you look at the Bible, it would reference some reasons as to why we could feel separated or away or apart from God. Romans chapter 5 verse 12 would say sin came into the world through one man and his sin brought death with it as a result death is spread to the whole human race because everyone everyone has sinned acts 2:39 talking about the promise would say the promise includes those who are afar off ephesians 2:17 says that he came and preached, not just to those who were near, but he preached peace to those who were afar off. I want you to notice those words. The Bible would tell us the letter to the church in Ephesus. It would also say, but now in Christ Jesus, you who were sometimes afar, afar off. And I know today we're talking about the physical distance of ten lepers. But sometimes that distance affects us emotionally, relationally, spiritually. Where you and I can begin to feel distance, whether it's with God or others. And so I would ask you today, what is causing you to be distant? What is causing you to be distant? For them, it was leprosy and colonization and society. But what's what's causing you to be distant today? Is it fear? Is it fatigue? Are you just getting tired? Where you would say, you know, Micah, I am so worn down, I'm so worn out. Hebrews would remind us the dangers of becoming weary and fainting in our minds. Your thoughts. The Bible would talk in Galatians about not growing weary and well-doing. Maybe today the distance that you're sensing is because you're fatigued. You're worn down. Maybe for others it's frustration or fairness or failures. You know how many people over the years would tell me, Pastor Micah, if, if people only knew what I had done, if people only knew my past, they would think differently of me. It's amazing sometimes how our failures can cause us to get distant. I've met people who would say, I'm not good enough to pray. I'm not good enough to worship. I'm not good enough to raise my hands. I'm not good. And they'll begin to say all of the reasons why. 
that they don't feel like they should be in God's presence. Distance. Maybe for others today, it's, it is a person. You are distant because a wrong relationship has come into your life. You're distant, maybe others, because of places. You are going to places that is continuing to pull you away from God. I think there's times where we get distant or far off because of our own choices and decisions. The Bible would tell us a story about the prodigal son that goes into a faraway land. We're talking about far off or distance. He goes into a faraway land. Riotous living, prostitutes, spending and wasting his money. And he ends up in a low place, far away from the Father, distant. It's our subject as we're talking about this story today. They are distant. Maybe you would say, that's me, Mike. I'm, I'm like this prodigal son. I've made some bad decisions. I have made some bad choices. But I don't want us to spend all of our time today talking about the situation or the scenario. What caused these ten men to be distant? I don't want to talk just about their struggle. I want us to look at the solution. The Bible says that this whole situation begins to turn. When Jesus enters, they're at a distance and they begin to cry out. Verse 13 tells us what they cry. They begin to cry out, Jesus. Jesus. Can you say his name with me today? Jesus. Can we say it again? Jesus. You know, there is no name like the name of Jesus. There's a lot of things you could cry out for. There's a lot of things you could call out for. But there is no substitute for the name of Jesus. Matthew chapter 1 would say, call his name Jesus. He will save his people from their sin. Philippians chapter 2 would tell us that he has been given a name above every other name. Come on, story side. There's something about the name Jesus. The Bible tells us that all power in heaven and in earth belongs to the name of Jesus. Luke chapter 10 tells us that even the devils are subject to the name. The Bible would tell us that the name of the Lord is a strong tower and the righteous run into it, and they are safe. Scripture would remind us that He is as close as the mention of His name. I know we could talk today about leprosy. I know we could talk about life. 
your story. We can begin to discuss the scenarios and the situations and the struggles that you are facing. But today, I want to point you towards Jesus. Today, I want to magnify the Lord. Today, in the midst of 2020, I want you to turn your eyes to the almighty, powerful, life-changing name of Jesus Christ. These lepers began to call on the name of Jesus. And maybe right now, that's what you need to do. In a hospital room, call on the name of Jesus. In your living room, call on the name of Jesus. Driving down the road in your vehicle, call on the name of Jesus. Life falling apart, call on the name of Jesus. Marriage hanging on by a thread, call on the name of Jesus. College student who feels the chaos of 2020, call on the name of Jesus. Spouse that's believing for your husband or wife, call on the name of Jesus. I know they're leprous. I know they're at a distance. I know it seems like it's bleak and bad, but everything begins to shift when they call on the name of Jesus. Can we say his name together again today? Jesus, come on, speak it out loud. If you could even shout it out where you're at right now, say it with me. Jesus, Jesus, there's something about the name Jesus. The Bible says as they begin to shout out to Jesus, they pray this prayer. Jesus, have mercy on us. Have mercy on us. When you read Scripture, there are many instances where people would pray that identical prayer. Have mercy on us. You would find it with David in Psalm 51, have mercy on me. You would find it in Matthew 15 where a woman of Canaan came and said, have mercy mercy on me, O Lord. My daughter is vexed with the devil. She prays that prayer, have mercy. Mark 10, you would see where a blind man cries out, Jesus, son of David, here it is, have mercy. The crowd tells him to quiet down and he shouts out even the more, this prayer, have mercy. Matthew 17, a father would come and say, Lord, have mercy on my son. He throws himself in fire and water, and he prays the prayer, have mercy. Maybe today, the greatest prayer that you could pray is have mercy. Have mercy on me today. Have mercy on my family. Have mercy on our county. Have mercy on our state. Have mercy on our nation. Have mercy on our homes. Find your way into this apartment, into this condo, into this house. Maybe today the prayer you need to pray right now, have mercy. Jesus, have mercy. As they begin to cry out, have mercy, the Bible says that he looked at them and he said, go show yourselves to the priest. And as they went, they were cleansed. 
I want you to notice in our final few minutes together today, Jesus looked at them. Jesus looked at them. I, I, I want you to just let your attention, your spiritual sensitivity and attention be drawn to those words in verse 14. He looked at them. He looked at them. He looked at them. Why? Maybe you say, why, Micah, is it so important for us to notice he looked at them? Because when he looked at them, he's going to see the leprosy. He's going to see the spots. He's going to see the downside. But I'm so grateful today that the love of God doesn't give up on me after it sees my mess. I feel the Holy Spirit even saying that today. I am so thankful that when Jesus looks at you and he sees the struggle, he looks at you and he sees that addiction or that habit, he looks at you and he sees the wrestle that you're in where you're trying to do good, but you feel like you fall flat on your face when he looks at you and he sees the ups and downs that the love of God is not turned off when he sees what you're going through. He didn't look at them and say, I'm done with you. He didn't look at them and say, you're too far gone or you're too far away. The Bible says he looked at them and he shifted in to miracle mode. He looked at them and he began to process the healing. And I believe that's what the love of God wants to do for you today. It wants to let you know there is hope, there is life. God is not done with you yet. The story has not been written. The love of God is looking at you right now saying there is hope. There is more. I can turn this around for you today. Are you thankful for the love of God story side? Come on, are you thankful for the love of God? Is there anyone right now that would just say thank you, Jesus? We're talking about being more thankful. Thank you, Jesus, for your love that according to Romans, highs and lows, ups and downs, past present, future, nothing and no one can separate us from the love of God. So we close our message today. I want you to notice how God, I believe in this story, closes the gap. I want you to notice how He gives them a word. I want you to notice how He gives them direction. I want you to go here. This is what I want you to do. Maybe right now in your life, that's what's happening. In this message, God is speaking to you. In this sermon, God is trying to speak to you. Maybe you are at a point in your life where God is saying, here's what I want you to do. Stop going there. Don't do that. I want you to cut this out. I want you to do this. Maybe God is speaking to you right now like he did to these 10 men. And I want to ask you today, listen. Listen to God's word. Listen to God's voice. Pay attention. Pay attention to the things that he is speaking to you in this season. The Bible said not only does he give them direction, 
but they listened, they heed, they obey. And as they went, they were cleansed. As they went, they were cleansed. It's very, it's very intriguing in this story that Jesus is going to draw attention to the nine who did not come back. Maybe you would say, Micah, why? Why didn't they come back? I know we're not told the answer. Maybe they were waiting to see if the cure was even real or if it would last. Maybe, maybe the assumption was that they would probably just see Jesus again later and tell him thank you then. Maybe some justified the lack of thanksgiving and believed they would have probably gotten better, might have got well down the road anyhow. Maybe it's possible that, that once they were well, when they looked and noticed the healing, maybe, maybe they didn't see the need for Jesus anymore. I've met people like that over the years. That when they're down and out, they want Jesus. When they're at the bottom, they want prayer. But when things come back together, they go again. Maybe that's what happened with these guys. I read the true story. Author Warren Wearsby told about a ministerial student in Evanston, Illinois. This is such a powerful story. Listen to this story. He said that this student was part of a life-saving event. Years ago, a ship went aground on the shore of Lake Michigan near Evanston, and this student's name was Edward Spencer. Edward Spencer waited again and again and again into the frigid waters to rescue 17 passengers. In the process of in and out of these frigid waters. In the process, his health was permanently damaged. Some years later at Edward's funeral, was publicly noted that not one, not one of the 17 people that Edward rescued ever thanked him. Not one. When I read that story, it, it makes me think of these nine lepers. How, 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 can, how can you get healed? How can the spots go away? How can the leprosy, your life, change? And you not come back and tell Jesus, thank you. But today, I hope as we look at these verses and we read this passage, that we are challenged to be the one. I, I hope that we are stirred to be the one. That the Bible says when he saw, when he noticed, when he realized, he comes back and he is shouting, praise God. Maybe today that's your shout. You look at your life and you're reminded of what God has done for you and you would say, praise God. You would look at the things that He has blessed you with, and you can't help but praise God. You look at the roof over your head, food that you have on your table, 
praise God. You have a vehicle that starts, praise God. You've been forgiven, praise God. He's washed your sins away. He's taken your sins away, praise God. He's given you peace and joy, praise God. God, even today, right now, you're breathing. The Bible says, let everything that has breath praise the Lord. And maybe today, one of your takeaways needs to be, I want to be the one that praises God for all of the blessings in my life. Praise God. The Bible says that he falls to the ground thanking him for what he had done. Can we say the words together, more thankful? Can we say it again, more thankful? He fell to the ground, thanking him for what he had done. As we get ready to pray, I want you to notice that the Bible points out at this particular part of the passage the Bible points out this man was a Samaritan. This man, he's praising God. He's being thankful. He's giving God gratitude. And it's like the writer pauses the passage to tell us this man was a Samaritan. In other words, the writer points out where he came from. The Bible is going to tell us the origin, the beginning. I, I know we're in a miracle moment, but I want you to know where he came from. And sometimes every one of us need to be reminded where we came from. Maybe today you would tell me, Pastor Micah, if you knew, if you knew where I came from, if we went three years back, or five years back, or 10 or 20 years back, if we went back to the night that I wasn't sure I wanted to live, if we went back to that morning, that day where I felt like this was the end, it was over, if we went back to that business or company falling apart, if we went back to me feeling like I was in a dark place, Micah, if you knew where I came from, if you knew the addictions, if you knew the habits, if you knew the behaviors, if you knew my childhood, if you knew where I came from. The writer here tells us he, he was a Samaritan. And I know today maybe your story isn't that you're a Samaritan, but you have your own Samaria. You have your own story. You have your own origin or beginning. And on this Thanksgiving season, in this holy moment right now. I want you to be reminded of where I was, but where I'm at right now. I may not be everything I want to be, but I'm sure not what I was. And as you begin to think about the goodness of God and the blessings of God, you can't help but like this man begin to say, praise God, praise God. Maybe right now you want to say, Hallelujah, which is your highest praise. Maybe you want to say, I love you, Jesus. Maybe someone wants to say amen, but I challenge you right now over Thanksgiving, let's give God thanks today. Thankful and more thankful. 
thankful and more thankful. As we get ready to pray, maybe someone today, you need for Jesus to enter into the equation of your life. We started this message talking about Jesus came and as He entered, Jesus came and as He entered and when He entered, the whole equation changed. Maybe today you need Jesus to enter. If you've never given your life to Christ, why don't you let Jesus enter your life today? Enter your heart today. Maybe for someone who, you know, you would say you're saved, but you know, you know you've wandered. You know you're wayward. You know you're off track. Why don't you ask Jesus like right now? Jesus, I want to recommit to you. I'm asking you to enter the equation of my life. Jesus, would you come and touch me today? Jesus, would you come and help me today? Jesus, would you come and heal me today? Maybe that's your takeaway that you need Jesus to enter your equation. Maybe for someone else, as I talked about distance and separation, you want God to close the gap. You feel like it's so far. You want to be close. You want to be near. You want Jesus to draw you. Maybe today as I have preached and shared, maybe that's been your heart's prayer. I want to be close to Jesus again. Maybe for someone else, it's calling on his name, Jesus. And you sensed it. When I was saying it earlier, it was like, that's me, Mike. It's me. This, this message is for me. I need him to have mercy, to have mercy on my life. Maybe for others, it's just that reminder about being grateful, about being thankful, more, more thankful. You know, Romans would talk about a generation that would become unthankful. Another writer would talk in the Bible about in the last days perilous times would come and one of the signs, one of the things he said would happen is that people would be unthankful. Maybe for someone today that's your takeaway. That you need to be more thankful. That you have been putting the magnifying glass on all the wrong things. You've been looking at the news, looking at social media, looking at pessimism and cynicism and negativity. But today the Holy Spirit is reminding you, oh, magnify the Lord with me. Maybe your takeaway is to be more thankful. I want to pray with you today. We could close our eyes. God, I thank you so much for this moment. I thank you for the honor and the opportunity to share this message. I pray that you would enter the equation for someone today. Someone who feels like there's a distance and a gap. But as their heart is crying out, Jesus, have mercy. Jesus, have mercy that you would hear their prayer today. God, I'm asking you to hear their cry today. That business leader, have mercy. That relationship, have mercy mercy that student have mercy that person that's holding that doctor's report or facing the facts god i'm asking you today to have mercy i pray that you would speak to their spirit 
that you would give them direction. And I pray that all of us, as you continue to work in our lives, as you continue to be faithful to us, God, I pray that every one of us in return would not be like the nine that just move on with our lives, but we would be the one that would say, I'm going to be thankful. I'm going to praise God. I'm going to stay committed. I'm going to stay rooted and grounded. I'm going to live a life that lets God know, lets God know I am so thankful. I am so appreciative. I am so grateful that we would be the one. And I pray these prayers in Jesus' name. Amen.